0: Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. I want you to turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Now, I've got a new series I'm starting today. It's entitled Brand New. Now, I believe what I've got to say God has given me to say. I don't get up here today and, um, that sounded good. I don't, I don't uh, get up here today and because I don't have anything else to do. I get up here today because God's given me a word for you. And if I don't think God's given me a word, I'll make a deal with you. I won't get up here and say anything. But I believe God's given me a word. And those with an ear, a spiritual ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. See, this is the miracle of preaching. It's not just church. These are the words of eternal life. These words live forever. The Bible says these words, Kevin, are sharper than any two-edged sword. Separating down to the most minute separations and differences. This word speaks to us. If you let it speak to you today, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. Before we turn there, or you can go ahead and turn there before I read. Holy Spirit, I ask you to anoint me today, Lord. As I've prayed before, i pray again, let it be my mouth, but your words. My mind, but your thoughts today. I'm going through. I'm going to preach this word. Lord, I want my life to be pleasing to you. God, I want what I say today be in direct line. In direct line with your will today, Lord. Any distractions that would cause us not to listen today to what you're saying, Lord, I pray that you would arrest those distractions in the name of Jesus. Help me to preach, Lord. Help me to get in the mindset that this could be my last message. This could be my last opportunity to preach, to stand before this church. To say what you'd have me to say, God. And not worry about what people may think about it. This task is way bigger than I am. These words are way bigger than I am. Speak to us afresh and anew. And then, God, we've got to do something with this word today. We've got to either cast it away and say, Yeah, was it wasn't for me. Or we say, we grab hold of it we hunt it in our hearts and we apply it to our lives and we do it. It's not enough to hear the word alone, but we've got to be doers of this word. Father, now help me bring it in grace and truth with love, dripping with love, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. It says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look. Look, I am doing a new thing, God says. Do you not see it? It's coming even now. Indeed. I make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This morning, I'm starting a new series entitled Brand New. You know what this this means. It it has to do with something that you're going to present to someone or show someone. You would use this phrase if it's never been used before. You would say, this is brand new. A car on the lot at Walker Jones that's never been rode in. They would say, this car is brand new. New. Now this uh, term originates from, from the 16th century, it's been around a long time, and what it really means is yes it means brand new as, as, as we know it, but brand new then meant forged, fresh from the fire. It speaks of a, a, a blacksmith as he is, as he is a hammering steel that's been in the heat so that it can be molded and that it can be made and it can be shaped into what, and what the blacksmith wants it to be. This is the word that comes from that brand new, fresh, forged from the fire. And can I tell you, if you are a born again believer, child of God, You are brand new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 517 tells us this. It tells us that we, if we are in Christ, then we are a, I'll use the word brand, I'll throw that in there, brand new creation, right? The old has passed away. And see, see, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? This Old Testament scripture I just read to you in Isaiah 43. Look, see, the new has passed come until you embrace all that God wants to do in your life until you walk in this new identity that God has for you until you understand that you've been forged in the fire that you have been made new by Jesus Christ until you understand that you are no uh, not you're not a you're not you aren't a bad person made good but you are a dead person made alive that you are the old made new that you are not remodeled or refurbished but God done away with the old and he made a brand new creation creation out of you. I wish I had about five. I just said five people who would believe and understand what I'm saying today. That would say, I know that's who I am in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You know, what is this talking about? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is talking about the new birth. It's talking about this born again experience. It's talking about life uh, coming from dead to life It's what happens when we place our faith in Jesus Christ We have become a new creation But what is, what is the prophet Isaiah talking about In this Bible You've got to understand It's split up, cut in half Old covenant, old covenant and new covenant, old testament, new testament, but beyond that, old covenant and new covenant. Before Jesus Christ came on the scene and he died and he rose again, that's all old covenant. But before he, after he died, excuse me, and he rose again, that starts the new covenant. The old covenant was a covenant of law and do's and don'ts. The new covenant is a covenant of relationship, a covenant of grace, is a covenant where God saves us and chooses us, not because We're worthy of choosing, not because we've got something that nobody else has, but simply because He loves us more than we can even love ourselves. Do you hear what I'm saying? And this is what I'm preaching from. But what about Isaiah? What's He talking about over here in this old covenant? Talking about, look, I'm doing something new. Who's He talking about? What's He talking about? He's talking about Jesus. You see, these Israelites in Isaiah's time and the people that He's speaking to, Isaiah was a prophet and he's speaking the words of God, what's he saying, what's he talking about? Look, I'm gonna do something new. And he says, forget about the old. Now, these Israelites, you've got to understand where they're at. They're in Babylonian captivity. The Israelites, they're a lot like me and you. You know why? Because God rescues them, and then they uh, live for God, and then they get off track, and then they repent, and then God restores them, and then they live for God, and then they get all jacked up. Anybody? Sound like your life? Sound like the story of your life? You get all messed up, and then you repent, and then God restores you, and he gets you back on track, and then you live for God, and then you screw up, right? Right? Get all messed up. Do things you said you wasn't going to do. Then you find yourself doing them. And then you cry out to God and you repent. And then he restores you. And then you go back and you start serving God. And then you mess up again. Screw up. And then you repent. And then he restores you. Here they are. They have been free. They used to be in Egyptian bondage. Remember when, when uh, Moses... Went out and set the Israelites free out of Egyptian bondage. Remember when he was standing, they they, they escaped Egypt and they are standing in front of a Red Sea. There's nowhere to go. And there's the chariots of Egypt behind them and God splits the Red Sea. The water dries up into the ground and they pass over on dry land. Wow. Wow. But now look, the writer of Isaiah says, forget that. Why? Because Israel, you're in captivity again. Except now Egypt is not your captor. Your captor now is uh, Babylon. You're in Babylonian captivity. But get ready. Look, I'm about to do something now. Do you see it? And you know what? It's not hard to find a bunch of bad news. Did you know that? Did you know that if there wasn't any bad news, there wouldn't be any Fox News? There wouldn't be any CNN News? There wouldn't be any MSNBC News? Did you know bad news sells? Did you know good news don't? Did you know nobody will drink their coffee and listen to good news before they go to work? No, you know what they listen to? They listen to bad news. They love bad news. They turn on bad news and they say they hate bad news, but y'all love bad news. Y'all love to listen and see what's going on and how bad did it get today. You check on, you watch the news to find out what's the next bad thing that's going on. Going on that's going to happen. You know, you 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 live so far out into the bad you can't see what God's doing right there in your own home, right there in your neighborhood, right there in your community, right there in your church, right there in the midst of your children, right? Take a left down the hallway, into the into the room of your children. God's doing something all around you, but can you see it? No, you don't see it. But here's what here's what the writer's saying. The writer's saying, but there's one coming. They'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, to the Israelites, that was for that time and it was for that day. And God was going to deliver them from the captivity, Babylonian captivity. But what is it speaking to us? Because I'm not in Babylon. I'm, I'm living today in Waycross. So what is God speaking to us today? Well, this prophecy was about Jesus. See, Jesus had not been crucified at this time. Jesus had not been uh, buried, and he'd not lived a life of of, uh, 33 years and uh, started his ministry yet. No, he was still in heaven. But this was a prophecy about Jesus. Jesus, a thousand some odd years before Jesus would come on the scene, the prophet Isaiah said, I'm about to do something new. Speaking for God, God is saying, I'm about to do something new. And even now, they didn't understand it, but even now it's coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I'll make a way in the wilderness and I'll make rivers in the desert. In other words, I'll do something I'm about to do something that you cannot even comprehend. And this something I'm about to do is actually someone. I'm about to send my son Jesus Christ. You know the verse, but do you live the verse? For God so loved the world, John chapter 3, verse 16, that he gave his only begotten son. And whoso Whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is the new thing. The new thing is a new someone. This new thing is a new someone, and his name is Jesus. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Let's see. So let's talk about Jesus. So that's what I'm about. I'm a Jesus preacher. I'm a Jesus teacher. So we're going to talk about Jesus. Mark chapter 2. All right? I'm fixing to preach the whole chapter of Mark. Chapter Two. The whole chapter are you okay with that it's raining outside. Just listen. you don't want to go out there. It's storming out there. so stay inside. when he entered Capernaum, Jesus, after some days, it was reported that he was at home who Jesus? And people gathered around the home where Jesus was at, and there were people hanging out the windows now you can you can. Turn to Mark chapter 2 if you want to, but I'm going to just summarize all this, okay? I mean, you can read along with me just to make sure I'm not lying to you, all right? And they got to the house and it was full no room. People hanging out the windows, people hanging out the doors. The yard is full of people. Why? Because Jesus is there. There's a paralyzed man. Well, this paralyzed man, of course, he can't get to Jesus because why? He's paralyzed. He can't take a shower. He can't put his clothes on. He needs somebody else to help him. He had four good friends, the Bible said. These four good friends went to this paralyzed man. They said, hey, Jesus is right down the road. We wanna take you to him. So they came and they brought the paralytic man. Four men carried him. They helped him get a shower. They helped him get his clothes on. They loaded him up on the stretcher and they began to head toward the house where Jesus was. But when they got there, they couldn't get to Jesus because there was such a crowd. Am I boring you? Just hold on just a minute. This is an amazing story. I know you've heard it a thousand times. And so they, when they got there, they couldn't get in because of the crowd. So one man spoke up and said, hey, why don't we bring him, drop him down through the roof? You always need a crazy friend, by the way. If you got friends and you ain't got at least one crazy crazy friend it might be because you're the crazy friend but but you need a crazy friend out of this four there was one who was crazy and said I ain't going home he's about to see Jesus we'll climb up on the roof we'll get our paralyzed friend what's a paralyzed man going to do he ain't going to do nothing He just nodding you know he can't say nothing I mean he uh, (laughs) what's he going to say no what you going to do he ain't going to get up and walk off so they load him up, drop him down. Jesus is in the house preaching. Oh, wait just a minute, let me say this. I bet, I bet if you get Jesus in the house, it'll draw a crowd. I said, I bet if you get Jesus in the house, it'll draw a crowd. I said, I bet if you get Jesus in the house, it'll draw a crowd. Well, they dropped him down through the roof. Here it is. Jesus is preaching the words of life. Nobody's ever heard Jesus talk like this like this man is talking. Jesus is talking like nobody they've ever heard. He's healing the sick. He's doing all kinds of things. There's a crowd, and while he's teaching, here here he comes. This paralyzed man being lowered down. Now, I told you Jesus is different. He's doing a new thing, right? He's a new he's everything he done. What made people so mad is because he is turning the religious system upside down. So y'all think, y'all think Jesus is religion. Jesus is the opposite of religion. Yeah, man, man. You know who hated Jesus? Religious people. You know who crucified Jesus? The religious people, they set it all up. The Pharisees, that's who done it. The scribes, the religious leaders. Oh, they're in this crowd too. They dropped them down. They dropped this paralyzed man down and Jesus looks at him. He doesn't get mad. You know what the religious people would have done? They'd have got mad. They'd have got upset. They'd have been more mad because you interfered with their, what, what they were saying. You, they, had more, care, they cared more about what they were saying than compassion on those who needed to hear what they were saying. Here he comes. He's getting lowered down. And Jesus stops what he's doing. And he said, I have seen your faith, and he tells the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. (gasps) The Pharisees said, what? Some of the scribes were sitting there and they questioned in their hearts, and Jesus knew what they were saying. They said, why does he speak like this? Why is Jesus talking like this? Who, Who is he that he can forgive sins? Is he God? Right away, Jesus perceived what they were saying in their hearts. He knew what they were saying. You ever heard somebody say, God knows my heart? He does. Usually, they say, God knows my heart when they're not doing what they're supposed to, uh, when they're not actually uh, following the heart of God, when they're lazy, when they're complacent. It has a lot to do when they don't want to go to church because they just want to sit at home, and they say, well, God knows my heart. He does know your heart, and that should scare the hell out of you. Yeah, I know what I said. It ought to scare the living like hell out of you. It ought to scare obedience into your heart. You ought to want to serve God, live God, love God because of what God has done for you. God knows my heart. He sure does, and that's a, quite a sobering thought. You know what the Bible says about the heart? It's wicked above all things. <laughs> I got your attention now, don't I? He understood they were saying something in their heart. He perceived it. He asked him, why are you thinking these things in your heart? He said, which is it easier for me to say to the paralytic man, get up? Your sins are forgiven, or to say your sins are forgiven, or to say get up, take up your mat, and walk? So you know what he done? He done both. He forgives this man of his sins, but then he said, which is the greater miracle, by the way, and then the lesser miracle, he looked at him and said, hey, get your bed, get your mat, get up, and go home. Now they don't know what to think. Here is this paralyzed man who has now had his sins forgiven and not only is his sins forgiven, Now he's walking. He's never, possibly never walked before. He's walking. He gets up immediately. And watch what happens. As a result, they were all astounded. They gave glory to God saying, and I love this, I ain't never seen anything like that. Now, I wonder if we could say that. Are we living? Let me say it like this. My prayer is that I can begin to say, I've never seen anything like what I'm seeing now. Why? Because God is doing something that only God can do. I pray. That we are a church, that we become a church and become a people where this is something that rolls off of our lips, that we can say, God is moving in a way like I've never seen him move before. But maybe in order for us to see things that God has never done before, we've got to live in a way that we've never lived before. Let me remind you, there was four friends who were crazy enough to... They didn't stop when things became inconvenient. When they got up to the house... You know what we would have said? A lot of us would have said, oh man, I ain't getting up there in that, in that crowd. Not with COVID. <laughs> Say amen. amen. Ain't no way, and before COVID, some of y'all would have said the same thing. Ain't no way, nah, no, they ain't nowhere to sit. They ain't nowhere to see it. Some of y'all would have thought y'all would have been looking for an air conditioner in the house trying to hear it buzz. Uh, uh-uh, I ain't going in there. There ain't no air conditioner in there. I ain't going in there. You, as soon as you get in there, you lose all signal on your phone. You can't. You ain't got a bar a signal in there. I can't text nobody. I can't I can't call nobody. What if happened, something happens? I can't go in there. As you know, soon as it becomes just a little bit inconvenient, you're ready to go home. You know that's right. I wonder how many times we've decided not to go, we've decided not to step out, we've decided not to trust God because it becomes a little inconvenient. What have we missed that God wants to do in our lives because it has become inconvenient for us? No, they went in the house, they got went through the roof. And as a result, they were able to say, I've never seen anything like this. This is a new thing. That's what Jesus was about. Go on down. I'll go a little further. So he didn't stop there. Now, you know what we would have done? If this was us, if this was me, this was us, you know what we would have done? Right there where this man was healed, we would have started a church. We would have called it Church of the Stretcher. Uh, thank you, Mark. I stole that from Mark. He said it out a little and I heard him and I said it. Uh, yeah. Church of the Stretcher. We would have took the stretcher. We're called, we're stupid. We would have mounted it up on the, on the, on the wall. We would have had people come by and touch the stretcher. Hey, come by and touch the stretcher. Ooh you, ooh, you get a feeling. You feel that? That was a stretcher. That was a healing stretcher and we'd made a church out of it. But notice that's, what not, that's not what Jesus done. Right after this, I told you we're doing the whole chapter. Right after this, you know what he does? He goes looking for the outcast. You can tell me you got Jesus all day, but until you can love people that ain't like you and love people that don't, ain't as hard to love, you don't have the love of Jesus in your life. And you can do all kinds of miracles. You can preach and you can prophesy. You can even speak in tongues. But if you ain't got love, it's a clanging cymbal. You're just making a lot of noise, but you ain't making no change and you're not operating like a new creation in Christ Jesus. So he didn't stop there. No. Jesus left. And you know what he done? He left on purpose. He was looking for somebody. You can read it, I'm just going along the scripture. The Bible says he comes up on a tax collector. Ooh, now that don't mean a whole lot to you and to me, but back then, every tax collector was a cheat, was a thief, was a liar. They, they, would, they, would, they were sellouts. They sold out themselves to Rome. They were Jewish people. Matthew was one of them. He was a Jew who sold out to Rome. He taxed his own people. And not only did he tax what Rome imposed, he taxed a little more on everybody so he could line his own pockets. He was a polit I mean a tax collector. Okay, a tax collector tax collector and they were known as the chief of sinners well you didn't want to be around a tax collector a Jew hated a tax collector and that's exactly who Jesus called on there's Matthew, nobody likes him wants anything to do with him and the Bible says that Jesus called out on this sinner and said come on Follow me. Now, aren't you glad that Jesus does something new? Don't you, I'm back to this now. This is the whole thing. He come about doing a new thing. He come into an old system, into an old world, bringing about something new. The Bible says even his disciples that were around him said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I've never heard teaching like this. He heals people that I didn't think could ever be healed. He says things that I've never heard. He's bringing a new way into an old system. He's not like our rabbis. He's not like the Pharisees. He's not like the scribes. There's something new about this Jesus hey can you not see it look do you not understand he talks like somebody I've never heard talk before he's talking with authority and power maybe he's talking with the anointing maybe he is the anointed one maybe he is the Messiah the son of the living God and he calls on someone that nobody else would call on he showed love to someone that everybody else hated. Doesn't this sound like something new? And he calls out on Matthew. And he says, Matthew. Oh, people think he's crazy now. Hey, don't you know he's the tax collector? Oh, don't you know you're talking to the son of God? He knows everything. Don't you know he's the one who just raised that man up off his mat? Forgive him of his sins. And understood what the people were saying before they ever said it. Oh, he knows Matthew's a tax collector. And that's why he chose him. See, I find great comfort in knowing that God chooses people that people wouldn't choose. I don't stand here today because I got it all together. I stand here today because I'm a mess. I stand here today because of God's grace and his goodness that he's given towards me. I'm I'm not qualified here today because I'm getting it all right. I'm qualified by God's grace. By his mercy and his love. I am that tax collector. I am that chief sitter. I am that one that nobody loved. I am that one that nobody would choose first. I am he. But I love God not because I chose to love God first, but because he loved me. I'm chosen by him. Not because I chose him first, but because he chose me. And until that doesn't do until that does something in you, you ain't got it. Until that fires you up, you don't understand what I'm preaching. I might as well be preaching in in portuguese because you don't understand it until you understand the love of God what I'm saying don't make no sense to you don't stir you don't do anything for you but for the one who's been born again but for the child of God who's tasted and seen that the Lord is good this is the greatest truth in the in all of truth the greatest story that'll ever be told he said follow me And he got up and he followed him. And the same religious people who said, who do you think you are that you can forgive sin? You know what they said? Come look at this man. Who are you, Jesus? Now look at him. He's eating with sinners and tax collectors. Oh yeah. Not only did Jesus call him, he said, I'm going to hang out with you today and bring all your little sinner friends too. I want to hang out with them. All the lost people, pile them up here. The worst of the worst. The prostitutes, oh yeah, tell them to come on. Tax collectors, you got any friends? Bring them on. Bring them all on. I got something to say. All the religious people couldn't stand this. They said, who is this man? Whew. He's eating. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? This is a new thing. Because see, the Pharisees, they didn't even want to touch nothing. That, that looked bad, seemed bad, seemed sinful. They couldn't even talk to a sinner. Oh no, God forbid. Not me, I'm so holy. I can't talk to a sinner. Here's Jesus, the holiest of holies. Saying, yeah, I want to hang out with him." I want to eat with them today. And what did the Pharisees say? They said, I can't believe you're eating with these sinners. And then Jesus said something that had never been said before He said, It's not those who are well who need a doctor, it is the sick. I didn't come to call the righteous. But I come to call the sinners. He also said it like this. I come to save and seek that which was lost. Lancaster says it like this. He came to find us and to free us. Do you hear what I'm saying? I was on his radar and he chose me. He rescued me. He reached down and pulled me out of the pit of despair and hell. He didn't come for the well. He came for the sin. Oh, this is a new thing. Can you see it? He goes on. Oh, it don't stop there. Since he's got a crowd. Oh, he's unhealed this paralytic. He's now calling out well-known sinners and telling them to follow him. He has a crowd. One of the Pharisees come out and said, the more, more religious people. Well, I got a question for you, Jesus. John the Baptist, his disciples, now they fast. Do you know what fasting is? Oh, yeah, y'all do. Because y'all, those who, of y'all who do the diet thing, y'all know what fasting is intermittent fasting. So y'all know what fasting is. But before intermittent fasting, it was a religious practice. And they said, John the Baptist, his disciples fast. And the Pharisees, our our followers, they fast. But Jesus, your disciple, now, if you're going to miss this part and check out, you're going to miss everything. What I said, it really ain't going to matter. So this is like the this is it, okay? But your people, your followers, they don't fast at a lick. All they do is get around tables and they eat and they fellowship and y'all walk around, y'all heal people, y'all have fun, y'all laugh, y'all go fishing, y'all go four-wheeler riding, y'all do all these things. You don't fast. And then Jesus said something that they've never heard before. He said, hmm. Let me ask you this. Now, when y'all are having a wedding party, I never got this, y'all, until just a couple days ago. When y'all have a wedding party, do y'all fast? Well, the answer obvious to us, we don't really know. Well, I don't know, do we? Because this was a Jewish crowd. You're not Jewish, you're Gentile. I'm a Gentile. So it don't mean nothing to us. Our wedding parties, we know on Friday you have a rehearsal dinner and you eat good food. On Saturday, usually it's the wedding. And there ain't no fasting involved in that either. But now the wedding for a Jewish couple, oh man. It was a party. They got down. They got the wine out, y'all, the best money could buy. They got the music playing. They got dancing going on, and it's like a week-long celebration. They take off of work. They call in. They, they do all that stuff because they fixin' that some, we, somebody's getting married. We're gonna have a party, a week-long, limos, all that. They're coming, getting out, red carpet. It's a big deal. Do you hear me? A big deal. And he says, so do y'all fast? When the groom's there at the party, do y'all fast? They said, no. He said, exactly. I'm the groom. Remember? We'll read on later. He said, and we are the bride of Christ. He said, while I'm here, there ain't no sense to mourn. Fasting was linked to mourning. He said, while the groom's here, it ain't no mourning time. It's party time. We're going to celebrate. We're going to praise God. We're going to have a good time. We're going to drink juice. We're going to do all this. We're going to eat berries. We're going to have a good time. We're going to take Holy Communion all day long. We're going to not wash our hands. We're going to eat. We're going to do all these things. Now, some of that stuff is in the Bible. you have to read it, okay? But it is a party That spoke to me. We just sung about it. We're never alone. First we talked about the goodness of God. Then we talked about that we're never alone. What am I saying? I'm saying this. With bad news all around us, here's some good news. We can rejoice and celebrate because we are not separated from the groom. He is with us. It is not a time to mourn. Is there bad news going on? Yeah, but I am not a slave to bad news. I am not a slave to what's going on in this world. I know there's a lot of people who says, hey, the economy's a big bubble, it's fixing the bus, get ready, get your dry goods, all this stuff, Uh, get your, you know, whatever. If you wanna get a barrel of uh, 10 years worth of uh, soup, Sprinkle some water in it, and turns in. Go ahead. I ain't. And if I get hungry, I know where some of y'all got all that them five-gallon buckets of food. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not. I'm not. I refuse to. I'm going. I'm going to live. In, I'm going to have power. I'm going to operate in love. I'm going to have a sound mind. I'm not saying I might not buy a five-gallon bucket here or there, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to live in. Fear. Why? Because the groom is with me. I'm a new creation in Christ. Jesus sent a new thing in me. Remember what Isaiah said in 43? It said, Forget the things of old. Now, it's interesting. It says that in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. But right before that, do you know what? The, the prophet was reminding them of the things God done for them. See, there's a good thing to, re, there, it's a good to remind yourself of what God has done for you in the past. But there's a healthy balance. The God that done what he done in the past is still the, still the God of today. And if you look back at your past, let it encourage you that the God that done it yesterday can do it today. But I also want to say this, you need to forget some of the things in your past. Some of you are trying to work off things that you done five years ago. And I'm telling you, you are not a slave, so you ain't trying to work it off. You're a son or a daughter. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. It ain't about working off what you've done in your past. It's about living in the, the new life that you have in Christ Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some of you are trying to beat yourself up over things that happened five years ago, six years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five months ago. You're trying to beat yourself up for things that happened. Jesus has already taken the beating for you on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Quit beating yourself up. Quit living in your past. Quit living in fear. Quit living in condemnation. Quit living in guilt. You have been freed by Jesus Christ and who the Son sets free is free indeed. You are a new creation. Can you see it? Now, after Jesus got through saying this, when he rebuked them for asking them about fasting, he said, let me ask you this, and I'm coming to a close. Now, I never got this, but he said, do you take a new cloth? Now, listen to me. Do you take a new cloth and then attach it to an old cloth Well I would say I don't know I guess if you want to Then he said Do you put New wine Into old wineskins? I don't know Do you know They knew The answer was no. No, you don't put new cloth on old cloth. Why? Well, because that new cloth ain't shrunk yet. So if you attach a new cloth onto an old cloth that has already shrunk, when you attach that new cloth, (coughs) over time, when it begins to shrink, it's going to pull away from the old cloth. Do you put new wine in old wine skins? Well, the answer to that is no. Why? Because something about the fermentation process, when you pour it into that new wine skin, it causes the skin to rip. The seams to begin to tear. See, this is what I'm trying to say. This is what God was trying to say. You're a new creation in Christ. You're new wine. And you don't fit in old wineskins. You're a new cloth. And you can't attach yourself anymore to the old. And if you, as a new creation, are you listening to me, Remnant Church, right now? If you as a new creation try to go back to living the old life, you're going to find yourself ripping and busting at the seams. You may have even said you feel like you are in a tug of war, being torn and pulled. Well, Jesus said there are some places you can't fit in anymore there's some things you can't attach yourself to anymore because you are a brand new creation in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying right now? See, I've said this and I'll say it again. I'll say it, I guess, until I'm not, I can't say it anymore. But some of you find yourselves fitting trying to fit back in, to be conformed back in like new wine poured into an old wineskin. You feel that going on in your life. And I'm gonna tell you, the Holy Spirit is gonna convince you. The re- if you're a new creation, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit's gonna spend the rest of your life convincing you that what you're doing is not who you are. You're trying to cram yourself into an old wineskin. You're trying to attach yourself to an old garment, and everything Jesus done was new. And until you embrace your new identity, until you understand that this is who God made me, you're not gonna walk in victory. You're gonna live disgusted and depressed and depraved lives. Until you understand this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to be, the world may be trying to forge me and shape me and mold me into what it wants me to be, but I'm embracing the realness of who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to fit in anymore. I'm going to stand out. I'm not going to speak like the world speaks, talk like the world talks, or even think like the world thinks because I'm not of this world. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. This world is not my home. I have been bought with a price. I have been separated from this world. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. In spite of me, God has chosen me and he has made me holy. He has made me righteous. He has forgiven me of every one of my sins. I've got a new DNA now. I've got a spiritual DNA that is not like my mama and it's not like my daddy. it's not like my family it is one of holiness and righteousness this is who I am and you embrace the newness there is a desperate need I'll just go down the list I'll start here There's a desperate need in this world. for Those who have been called by Jesus to take their rightful place and to begin to live as one who is brand new, who has been forged in the fire. I'll say this to men. Men, your children are in need of you to live for God. I'll say this, people of influence. You got any influence? Anybody in here got influence? The answer is yes. Everybody in here has some level of influence. My wife told me this week, I don't know where she got it from, but she told me that even the most introvert person has, uh, on an average, influences 12,000 people in their lifetime. How are you influencing them? That's the most introvert Quiet person influences on the average 12,000 people. Did you know somebody's looking at you? Did you know somebody's watching you? Did you know somebody's examining your life today? You're going to influence somebody. And you're going to influence them either in the negative or in a positive way. You're either going to point them to Christ or you're going to point them to the world. How are you influencing Some of you, though, you are, you are, you have a spiritual where the church is suffering from spiritual bipolarism. Yeah. One day you understand who you are in Christ. The next day you don't have a clue or you live like you don't. The biggest threat to the kingdom of God is not Satan. The biggest threat to the kingdom of God is people who say they love God and live for God but are not serving God. Well, I'm going to make a plea now. I'm praying and I'm asking you that if you are not serving God, if you're not living like a brand new creation, if you have been born again, friend, it's time to repent and embrace who you are in Christ. Until you do, you are going to be busting at the seams. You are going to be feeling like you are being pulled and tugged and the very inside of you is being ripped out because what you're doing is not who you are. Some of you know what I'm saying right now. You have tried to run away from it. You have tried to get away from it, but you can't calling of God is without repentance and you can make yourself busy at work and you can make yourself busy with business deals and you can be successful in this world but you know it ain't working you know right now you cannot cloud your mind enough to get your mind off of God you know that you've been called by God to do what God has called you to do and you are running from him Instead of running from him, it's time to run home. Instead of running from him, it's time to run to him. The Bible speaks about this. It calls this lukewarm. When you don't embrace who you are and the newness that God wants to do in your life, you are lukewarm. I'm not a biologist. I've not studied microbiology. I haven't even studied macrobiology, okay? You know where germs don't live real good? In boiling water. Bacteria, germs, it doesn't live in boiling water. Hot, it doesn't. You know where else it doesn't live good? It doesn't breed good. It's, it's not a conducive environment for bacteria and germs. You know, where? Freezing cold temperatures don't do good there either. But you know where it loves just woo does some breeding? Germs just love it. Lukewarm water. Breeds real good in bath water. That's why some of y'all, I don't know why y'all take baths. That is so nasty. You're floating in the same water that your butt's in. That is gross. If you're a woman, I get it because your butt ain't dirty as a man's, but I'm still telling you a you know, butt's a butt. All I can tell you, you better put some Dawn dish detergent in there or something. Make you some bubbles, is all I can tell you. Keep them germs out of there. But bacteria loves lukewarm water. That's where it grows, filth and bacteria. And the church is no different. We're supposed to be a place and a people of healing. Yet, if we're lukewarm, we can make people sick. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? You will make people sick. We are supposed to be a place of healing, a place of love, but if we live in lukewarmness, the very people we love will hate and will sound just like those folks on TV. We'll sound just like the people of this world. We'll talk with world rhetoric instead of kingdom language, and people will be taught things that they shouldn't be taught, and they'll come looking for something different from us because they think we're different, but we'll give them the same thing the world gives them in return, making them sick. If that's not good enough for you, what about your children? So let's, go, let's get down to the home. What are you feeding your children? What are, what are you feeding your family, your coworkers? What are you feeding them? You tell them you are a Christian. You tell them you're born again, but what are you feeding? So I'm not talking about living perfect, y'all. I am not talking about that. But I'm t- the Bible said they'll know that you're my disciples for the love that you have for one another. And if you don't have love, if you're not living in love, if you're not serving in love, if you're not showing love, you don't understand what this new thing that Jesus come to do. Everything he done, he done out of love. Maybe, maybe this thing I'm talking about is a personal thing. Maybe this is how it works. Maybe, maybe when you go to get lukewarm, prejudice and racism raises its ugly head. Maybe it's uncomfortable. you can't love. Maybe it sounds like this. They're, they're homosexual. They, I can't love them. They don't even deserve God's grace. Well, you don't deserve it either. Maybe, 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 maybe when you get lukewarm, it looks like this. Who does he think he is? You know how those black people are. They act the same way. They think they're something. You can't love somebody because they got a different color skin than you have. Maybe in this lukewarm living maybe you got all that out of you when you was on fire for God but now lukewarmness has set in and those old feelings start to raise their head again and now you can't look at somebody through the eyes of love. You gotta look at them through some color like that matters and you prop yourself up thinking you're better than them. Maybe that's what lukewarmness looks like. Maybe lukewarm, maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's not your, maybe lukewarmness looks like looking down on somebody just for the sake, maybe it's not their color, maybe it's not their sexual orientation. Maybe it's just because they're worse off than you are. Look at that drug addict. Now I got, I'll give grace to other people but not no drug addict because they chose it. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe that comes out of a place of lukewarmness because every time you lied, you chose to lie. Every time you manipulated people, you chose to be a manipulator. Every time you screwed somebody over on a, a business deal, you chose to screw them over on a business deal. And maybe it's not an issue of this or that. Maybe it's an issue of the heart. And maybe there's not a lot of difference in any of us. Maybe we need to be bathed in compassion, baptized in anguish once again so that when we see the hurting and we see the broken, we don't see a skin color or a social uh, social uh, the social the place of somebody. We see a hurting, broken Maybe that's the new thing God is wanting to do in our lives. Maybe he's wanting us to do this for our family. Maybe there's people in your family that you can love the stranger, but you can't even love your family. Maybe that comes out of a place of lukewarmness. Maybe it's time today to forgive the person who never asked for forgiveness. Maybe it's time to begin to love the person who's never shown you any love. See, maybe this is what the Bible's saying. It's a personal thing, I've never seen anything like this. Things will begin, when you you embrace your new identity, you'll say about yourself, I didn't even think I could. I can't believe I'm, I'm showing love. Maybe it's a personal thing. I'm showing love to this person I used to couldn't stand. I've never seen anything like this before. God's working in my life. You're showing love to that person who never shown love to you and you think, wow, I can't believe i I done that. Well, this is a new thing that God is wanting to do in your life. This is the new, embrace the new that God is wanting to do in you. Stand with me all across this building. Singers and musicians, if you could come up I'll ask you to just keep the moving down to a minimum. I'm about to close. And this is how I'm gonna close. If God is speaking to you or dealing with you, you're gonna have to learn to pray to God. I, 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 I'm tired of leading all the prayers. This ain't a relationship between me, you, and God. This is a relationship between you and God. And when I get up here and I pray, you know what happens? You just listen to me pray. And I can't pray for you. You have to pray for yourself. So if this word is spoken to you, if, if, if you understand that Jesus was all and it's all about the new, and you feel like you're sliding into old ways, old thinking, Old mindsets, old wineskins, attaching yourself to old cloths and garments. Maybe, maybe you need to come to the altar and pray. What, is that a strange thing? So what we're going to do is just that. If you need to come talk to God about anything. If you say, Pastor, I embrace that word that you gave me. There's some things in my life I need to get right with God. If you've been living lukewarm, it's time to repent. Repent. Do you know what repent means? If Gail is sin and I'm me and I say, God, God, I repent of sin. This is what it looks like. I turn away from it. If this is old wineskins, I turn away from it. See, to hear this word and not be a doer of this word and to think something's going to change, you're a, that's the definition of a fool. You have the opportunity to come to a merciful God. I wouldn't tell you to do this if God would say, no, not you, not you, no, 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 nah, no. Nah. I don't think so. Gail, no, no. Maria, uh-uh. Uh, you, yeah, okay. No, that's not how God works. The Bible says he puts nobody to shame. He'll put no man to shame. No woman to shame. So i want to ask you. Sing it, guys. And when they sing it, you come to this altar if you want to. I'm not going to pray. I'm not praying out loud. I'm not doing it. This is a personal thing, between you, you can't live off of me. You can't live off my walk with God. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to develop a nursery in here. I'm trying to, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to, this ain't a nursery. This is a center. This is a, a strategic base to build up missionaries for Jesus. That's what this is. Warriors. Believers. Those who stand for the sake of the gospel. You know what? Can I share this with you? You know what they're doing in Afghanistan today? See, some of you ain't never been nowhere but Waycross, and all you think is Waycross, but the church is so much bigger than Waycross. There's a church you know nothing about that looks nothing like you, that speaks languages you've never even heard before, and they're the body of Christ because they understand who Jesus is. You know what they're doing in Afghanistan today? You decided today, congratulations by the way, you decided on whether you were gonna to go to church today. And a lot of you, a lot of them said no today, cause I guess because of the rain. Do you know what they're doing in Afghanistan today? They're not, well, they, they, weren't, they weren't choosing on whether to go to church. They woke up this morning and they made up their mind the Taliban's gonna come in here and they're gonna kill me because I say I belong to Jesus Christ and I serve God and that there's no way to God except through Jesus and they will be slaughtered today house to house missionaries on the ground today from America and the UK have been killed today and they made up their mind they were okay with it and we struggled with the fact whether we were going to go to church today because it was raining forgive me forgive me if i'm a little on edge today forgive me when i talk about repentance and you stare at me and you look at me in the face like you ain't got nothing to repent about you forgive me for being a little on the edge and not real soft and nice today forgive me and there's no persecution against any of y'all for serving God, none talk to me about persecution for me, none I am in a free country to serve God and I have no persecution other than the court of opinion that is the only thing what people might think about me I know this is hard I know this is hard but did you want me to be real, or do you want me to be fake? You want me to be real, or you want me to be fake? Well, today, I done repented. I was in the nine o'clock service. The more I'm preaching, I, I feel like I need to go right back to the place where I got elbow stains from my sweat right here in this corner, and go right back down here, pray some more if you want to pray with me you can come now the orders are open we hope that you are encouraged by today's message if you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review we can't wait for you to join us here again